welcome to the deep dive. We're back for our last review. Well, no, not really. I guess we'll do finals review, but our last home and away review. How are you, me old mate, Mick? Oh, look, the season is finally at an end. And, yeah, look, I'm not going to lie. I'm glad it's over and we can start watching some real football. Yeah, I must admit I, I that was a bit of a struggle. I, I, I didn't love the format of it being, I think it really did have a detrimental effect on the game, have, particularly towards the end, having football in such close succession. Um, and as a viewer, it definitely, there was a fair amount of fatigue. Football. Yeah. Definitely. And it was interesting seeing the numbers today, like for all the talk of all the ratings and stuff, we're actually not, this season was not really that different to normal seasons in terms of ratings. So... And everyone's yep. and everyone's at home, so I'm not I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I, I kind of I don't want that to continue. I've heard a lot of people saying, "Oh, it'd be great if they do another like you know just constant football festivity thing." And I, I it's too much, and I just I don't know. I think I think it has a bad effect on the game, and we saw some such low scoring games again, really low quality games, and um, some pretty uncompetitive contests as well. So I don't know. Like, yeah, oh, look, I I don't know about you. I don't, I'm, handful of people like very passionate football people who get their memberships every year, go to as many games as possible. Like they, they completely switched off this year and they're half of them or more than half of them are supporters of the teams that are playing finals. Um, they just, yeah, it's not a sustainable thing. Look, it is what it is and kudos to the AFL for getting it done. But I, I would hate to see another season like this. I think especially yeah. when... When you got like twenty one days straight of football and fourteen days straight of football and all that, that's the tough part. I, I, I don't mind so much the condensed uh, season or, or anything like that. Some of the other stuff, but yes, twenty four seven football. No, but thanks. The problem was there was no there was no real breathing room. I think that was the biggest problem was there was no. never really time to take a break and really kind of have a look at the season overall and and miss football again. I think that was the problem. It was just like oh yeah. Another game, and that's the problem. Is it did feel like that a lot of the time. I know the ratings were up at times, but I think that was a lot of it was because you know we're, we're a lot of well in Victoria, there's six and a half million people, you know, nearly there's seven million people television. stuck at home. Yeah, exactly. So rubbish television on, on, on every other station. So why not well, watch football? And aside from Netflix, like a lot of like. You know, like billions stopped airing because they, you know, they were filming the back end of the season um, and got stopped due to COVID. Like there was a lot of stuff that just went away. All the big movies weren't coming out. You know what I mean? Like a lot of entertainment yeah. just fell away. Like Netflix clearly have like a year to two years of content in the can. So that this has been amazing for them. But, uh, you know, they've been able to get a head start everybody else. But I've like, in terms of new shows, I've seen almost everything I'd want to see, which is virtually impossible to catch up with everything like do you know what i mean like it's there's there's like two shows that are still especially airing right now watches yeah especially for someone who's quite avid uh watcher of good television programs you're not you're a bit of an outlier when it comes to that it's probably you just true. bang through I TV, so I bang a lot of television some context around that for some of our, our listeners and viewers <sighs> you do yeah, tune out i do crack a lot of, uh, content that's true <laughs> But there wasn't like a lot of the shows that would normally be airing. Like clearly, they've you know they they were halfway through a lot of seasons, so like a lot of eyeballs were on sport. But I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I, I guess like you know when when it's like Thursday night, you know they they really kind of 
you know, said that, you know, Thursday they wanted to be these more blockbuster games and it's 17th versus 5th. I mean, you know, I know North did lead a bit of the game, which we'll get into in a minute, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't great. Um, the Giants, you know, had no gas at the end of the season. Um, Essendon were pretty pretty poor towards the end as well. Like, this is the thing, you know, even Carlton, not great. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there was a lot of these that... Games that just completely fell away. Geelong looked really tired as well. I just it was a lot of football to play in in, uh, in very quick yeah. succession. So I, I don't know. Anyway, I, look, massive as you, as you say, it's great to have got. I mean, yeah, we nearly didn't have a season at all. So I definitely would prefer this ahead of no season, no doubt about it. But it did get pretty pretty tiring. I must admit, I'm I'm ready for that week off, and then to get. Um, to get just a yeah a refresh um, and then uh, heading into finals and they, they look really exciting like for the first time probably in, in a like a, probably a month or so I feel legitimately excited about AFL oh, um, like properly yeah. excited like looking at the matchups Same. looking at the different pathways through the finals like I like I've just started to get that kind of finals fever which it doesn't you know normally in Melbourne it's like you know that the flags on Victoria Street and, you know, different, like it just has a different feel about it in this city. And obviously I'm not seeing all of that and there's not that same normal feel, but at the same time, it's still exciting, definitely. Like it looks like there's going to be some amazing games. But um, the first thing we've got to do is go back over um, round 18. And there is definitely a lot of talking points and, and we'll lean a little bit into the trade period. But this, this conversation is going to be much more um, a review of the last round and a little bit about you know, where I guess teams are at. Um, but then post the whole season finishing, we'll do um, reviews of every club. So we'll do all 18 clubs and go through them. We can't, we tend to do them like three clubs per episode, so we give them enough time. Um, that's kind of a post-season thing. And then so we'll bang those out for sure. So if you're thinking, oh, how come you didn't talk more about, I don't know, Giants or something like that, it's just because like they're, they're out of finals contention. There's no point going into them now we'll do that at the very end of the season and factor in the trade period as well uh, and obviously with games no games um this week uh, which is a little bit i must as we said a little bit of a relief and we'll do a um i think that was probably the other thing too it's probably pretty hectic for us doing this kind of podcast <clears throat> with that format of a season to it made it pretty pretty psycho um but yeah we'll do the preview next week because obviously we'll know about roughly more of the ins and the outs and a few other bits and pieces like that so yeah, um, big thanks to our sponsors yeah. at Hops to Home. Hops to Home is a craft beer delivery service. Please check them out. Um, you can use the promo code AFL Deep Dive to get $25 off your first pack. Um, great way to try a new fresh craft beer. Uh, what they do is they coordinate cans in packs of 10 and 20 and get in touch with breweries all across Australia. And uh, yeah, it's absolutely delicious. All in can format. Um, the dates are all super fresh and great way to try some new beers. I've got another box coming today. I haven't even opened it yet, so it's just... I'm drowned in beer because um, I don't really drink that much beer. I drink beer, but like I don't get blasted on beer or anything like that. Like, so, and no one's come to the house for months, so it's a bit... Normally, we'd be up to date, particularly with you and, and I. But, <laughs> eh? And my wife's and pregnant. That's probably true. And gluten-free anyway. So she can't drink, well, she can't drink them anyway. She's, she's celiac. But either way, yeah, that's probably two, two major factors to not, not drink beer. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so... But please, if your wife isn't pregnant and not celiac, um, please check out uh, hopstone.com.au. Really great selection. Yeah. Oh, we were actually saying they should put uh, some gluten-free beers in there. But yeah, anyway, it's a small section. Absolutely. Like it. And for those of you who want to get on top of it, uh, Christmas presents early, so to avoid disappointment from 
the lacklustre effort that will be Australia Post this year uh, due yeah. to everything and the Australia Post. Uh, get on it now um, and just say, do not open before Christmas Day. I know your mates and your family members probably just go, stuff that, I don't care, I'm opening it now. But at least you've done your Christmas shopping for the year. Yeah, it's a great present, definitely. If you've got a, um, you know, I know a few friends that have used it as a, as a present and it's been, yeah, it's been really good. Yeah. Um, just sign a, a friend up and or a, um, you know, a brother or sister or whatever up and um, it's been a really cool different, just a different style of present, you know, it's something a bit different and you can pause it and resume it any time. It's not like you're locking them into a, you know, lifelong beer um, subscription service. You can pause it and resume it any time and you can earn points from it too. It's really switched on. It's, it's actually quite cool and you can get like, you can get like, um, you earn points and then you can buy stuff on their store so you can get like... Um, uh, what do they call it? Like a beer, like a can holder for the shower. So you're going to have shower beers, and it's uh, it's pretty oh, great. Novel idea. I've a couple of friends that all made shower beer. But um, so yeah, please check them out. Great sponsors. Also, Beyond the Game um, TV on Facebook. Um, please check out what Ed's doing. Obviously, it's a bit of a shame we can't really do anything with Ed. Um, it'll be until next year probably we'll be doing anything. I reckon with Ed, or very late into this year. Um, so yeah, we're thinking of old mate. Uh, looking forward to. Having him back to remind us of what what we need to do and <laughs> brushing us up and getting the audio right and it, it makes a big difference knocking having a producer. On, hey, knocking knocking it's, his head on tables and, and smashing his head on the table. Out. Yeah, exactly. We can't forget that. Um, so yeah. let's let's get into round eighteen. So first game, Northwest Coast Eagles. Uh, wow, for a final score, thirty four to forty nine. Um, my first note was we still have Hub Eagles. So I think this round, let's make this a bit more of a general chat rather than so much on, the, on some of these games because there's really very little to talk about, obviously. But, I mean, we're all the way to the finals and I still feel like we still don't know the Eagles. So I know they won. They won by 15 points in the end, but they were awful to start. And, you know, like, like they've just not made the adjustment to the hub at all. They've basically beaten no one really and yeah like it's it's a massive concern and it's fascinating leading into that first final now against Collingwood where I think Collingwood are a real chance I'm not sure whether I'm going to tip them yet but you know they've said Yo's not coming back now as well I, I just don't feel like I know this team they were so slow to start awful at covering space it really did feel like it's like are they tanking for the home final like what what is going on here like and I know I'm not trying to totally take away from North. They were good to start. But, I mean, what did you think of this game? Like, it was just a very strange. A team even, I reckon, 10% better than North Melbourne on the day would have would have beaten them. A good team would have smashed them. And a great team would have belted them. So, I, it, it doesn't did not give me much confidence going into finals. I'll be honest. No, my, my tune about West Coast has altered in the last month. Since they moved away from their home ground, yeah, and this again just proves my point that I made. I'm just not convinced. There have been doubts of injury blows, and also I'll give them yeah. a little bit of leap there, and and that means I guess like your Richmonds and your Collingwoods and and these teams that have had regular finals appearance over the last five six years, whatever the case might be, um, they've obviously got the ability to. to turn it on and they're very lucky obviously to get that home final um, puts him in a very good position to at least 
get through to week two. But yeah. they're playing Collingwood. Um, Who win away. Collingwood yeah. uh, usually see where they play. Um, Buckley uh, gets them revved up pretty well. So, yeah, look, as you said right at the start, I you couldn't have asked for a better sort of setup for the first week of finals. You got before we get right into it, you got obviously Saints and Doggies that that'll be great. Uh, Port Adelaide and um, Geelong at Adelaide Oval, where Geelong play pretty good football, and then obviously Brisbane got their nemesis in the Tigs. Mm. So yes, yeah, yeah, I, I, I would have wanted West Coast to have really shown their medal what they're worth. Um, probably won by 30 or 40 points to give me a bit more confidence. So, yeah, disappointing in that sense. But, look, they got the win. North, uh, we know that half the team's leaving, so... What's that noise? Sounds like a really, 56k really modem trying to connect. Is that a 56k modem trying to connect to the background? What was that? Let's go beep, beep, yeah, beep, 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 <laughs> um, Yeah, it kind of feels as well like... I guess we didn't really talk about this so much during the season, but it, does it still feel a little bit of, like, not the premiership year, but, like, 2017 a bit Eagles where, you know, a bit of flat-track bullies. Like, they'll belt people on there. I thought they were over this. Like, you know, they, they, they'll smash people on there. I, it's funny. We haven't really spoken about it so much this year because there's not been so much of the travelling. I guess there has been for them because they've come in and out of the hub. But... I mean, is it still a bit of that flat track bully type of stuff where they'll smash you in Perth, but then you play them anywhere else? And it, I, like they kind of got rid of that hoodoo, I thought, in 2018. The ground is the exact same size as the G. Like it just it it just reeks of that a little bit still, which seems absurd. But I, I don't. They want a flag. I mean, this is the thing. It seems almost stupid to say it out loud. But what do you do? You reckon there's anything in that? Yeah. Well, yeah. They're not playing at the. Japan. That's the thing. Yeah. Playing the Gabba. So. And that's, yeah, they just—it's oh yeah, absolutely. But that, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what to say about West Coast except that I'm not convinced that they're a threat to win the premiership. That 2018 <laughs> team still did win some games away, not but yeah, you, I mean that it, the focus was on like they can't win games at the G, and if you can't, you know, it's the get through Chicago type of thing. Yeah, yeah, we get the ball yeah. through, but like yeah. I mean, Brisbane aren't the team that they are now. No. Um, obviously, Gold Coast definitely not. Um, yeah, so a lot of these other teams that they probably beat away from uh, WA aren't, aren't there at the moment. They've probably fallen away a bit. So. Yeah. Look, I, I do agree their injury list is terrible. I, I do agree, like, they've got a massively long injury list. I, I agree, but I'm, I'm really unconvinced on them. Almost, They're almost the most unconvincing team in the finals, which is interesting because they're not you know, at the bottom there. They're not just, like, sneaking it at eight. Weirdly, I think I, I almost have the least amount of faith. After watching um, the Pies last night against Port, yeah. I'd have to say that West Coast are the most unconvincing of the finalists to the left. I, I, I'm less confident in their ability to win a game of football compared to everyone else playing finals at this time. Like, we, I know we will get to North. It's just because we have to, North fans have to Are understand. We? We've got to talk about West, well, a little bit. But you've got to understand we've got to talk about West Coast because they're heading into finals. But, like, there's a, there's a range of things you can talk about. Like, so, okay. There's, so, no, North, there's no North supporters listening. They, they switched <laughs> off from football months ago. Yeah, maybe. A couple. Oh, we'll, we'll mention it briefly. Come on. There's a few, there are some interesting things to talk about. Obviously, the North Melbourne Red Wedding when they got rid of 11 people, but we can talk about that in a second. But so, like, Oscar Allen. 
So he really looks like the only one that could score. And I know, so obviously Kennedy did his ankle. We don't know what's going to happen with that ankle, whether he's going to be okay in the first final. They've said they think he will. <coughs> Excuse me. Elliot Yo not coming back. Um, they've said that's it. He just can't get over the groin issue. He's not coming back for the rest of the year. So, like, you know, unless they made the grand final, it's, like, highly unlikely, but almost just forget it. Um, I, I, he was very good, no doubt, Oscar Allen, but at the same time, it's a little bit concerning that he looked like the only one that looked like scoring. That's a concern, particularly against the really good teams. Um, you know, Hearn obviously was fantastic. You know, like, I, I, you know, the start of the year, there were periods there earlier on in the year where it did feel like, wow, has he gone on to one year too long? But he was outstanding. He's in much better form. This guy, like, if he was playing in Victoria, like, he'd be heralded as, you know, a Corey Enright type of, you know, prestige, I reckon. Like, oh, he's, he's so good. He constantly underrated. He's so good. So good. So he was fantastic. But, you know, they're still relying on these guys to really get them over the line. Like, you know, Nick Nat has an injury. Like, it completely falls away. They looked so much worse without Nick Nat the other week. So, like, I, it, it, they are a team that is very reliant on a few pieces working. I'm not... That's why I, I worry if, you know, all the teams are a, a Jenga stack. You know, North, uh, West Coast have already had 15 pieces taken out before you start. Do you know what I mean? Like, it feels like you pull... Absolutely. You pull a... A Nick Nat out, you pull a couple little things out. I know it's like, oh, well, you pull Martin out, you pull Cochin out. Obviously, that's going to not be good. You know, you pull Danger and Selwood. I get, I get that, but at the same time, I, they are really very reliant on because you know Geelong have proven that no, well, they've got you know Menegola. They they played. We'll talk about that later. But they played poorly, and then Menegola lifted. In the past, that wouldn't have happened. You know, Richmond have got Kane Lambert, people like that that can lift. Like it's not, it's not gonna. It's not just relying on those top guys. I feel, but just just so lethargic, so slow. I don't know. Like it's, you know, even even the conditions. They've never really adjusted to the Queensland conditions. That makes me really concerned as well. Um, I know obviously they're going to play in WA, but if they do, you know, get through and then come back, they're going to have to play games at um, the Gabba. They they you know they were putting baby oil on the on the balls to try and get used to the dew like that. Psychologically, I feel like they're really not not got it together. I know other teams did that as well, but you know, just reeks of, of a lot of, like, I just don't have any confidence. I don't feel like they're going to be the team that has a big run this year for me. Um, just, like, their lack of ability to cover space, just very, very concerning. I mean, probably, well, I don't know, a few shining lights for North. I mean, they led, they really should have won this game, and they should have won it, probably win it well, really, like, even three-quarter time. I mean, there's just so disgusting inaccuracy, and it's, it is it is terrible football. Three goals, ten at, at three-quarter time. I mean, that's just inexcusable to 4-4. Four, four, uh, when you had that many less shots, you shouldn't be in the game at three-quarter time. So they really should completely put them away. Um, obviously, the last game for a whole heap of these players, because a lot of them got the arse after this, and some of them weren't playing. But, um, yeah, a lot of them, yeah, not, not so good. Um, yeah, I mean, Luke Davis Uniac, fantastic. Um, I think they've got an okay group of kids. I think they'll get a couple of good picks for Higgins, Goldstein, these guys. But yeah, it's not it's not a great position that they're in. Let's be honest. No, North are in a horrible position. Um, and if I 
talk about them that'll take away from our postseason conversation because I really only have postseason stuff to talk about North Melbourne. They're yeah, in a huge, huge rebuild as everyone's fully aware. I mean, upwards of thirteen players are going to be there next year, uh, and you mentioned one of them who potentially in Higgins is. Talked again about trading, Goldstein trading. So there's two more in the last week on top of the 11 that have been delisted. Ben Brown being uh, rumoured being traded and Pollock being traded. So there's your 15 already from a from a list. Yeah, so, there'll be there'll be okay, 15. Crazy, crazy times. Very, very unsettling for all people involved with North Melbourne at the moment. Yeah. And I, I think someone other than the coach needs to step up and take control of the club, whether it's Archer or whoever else. Um, they seem to be quite happy to hide behind the, the veil at the moment and, and not take responsibility for everything that's going on, which is mm. a real shame. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, well, let's move on. But, yeah, I mean, weird game in that we're all the way to the end and there's still West Coast Eagles mysteries. Oh, absolutely. Um, like, and, you'd be, yeah. you'd be very, you'd be very tense as a, a West Coast supporter going into finals with that top of the Yeah, absolutely you would. Um, anyway, so Saints-Giants, um, the Giants were deplorable, absolutely terrible, 82 to 30. Um, St. Kilda by 52. Saints were fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, battle, really good. Um, they, they nullified Green. Um Max King was fantastic. Obviously, Steele, as he's been um, all year. Geary was excellent too. Like, they're, they're great. They're such such a good side. I, I think they're probably the most exciting team coming into finals to watch. I really think they can beat the Dogs. Um, but, yeah. yeah well, I, mean, I was going to say, the, the second um, most exciting team for me is the Dogs. So, so I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to that matchup. I think two teams to, um, well, Dogs obviously had grand final success. Yeah. But a couple of teams for on and off for the best part of 20 years have had little runs of three or four years where they've had really good teams and not uh, done a lot with it uh, to come up in this first elimination final will be fantastic. But, yeah, look, same sort of names that, that ring really true for St Kilda, um, Steele. If he doesn't get All-Australian this year, I'll, I'll be dumbfounded. Uh, uh, same as Butler. I think um, they should both be oh, rewarded yeah. for their for their seasons. Gearing was excellent. Um, I thought Ryder was good in the ruck. Uh, yeah, Ryder. Um, always, I say this everywhere. I always forget the other young guy that they go in tandem with each other forward and run. Marshall. Marshall, yeah. Again, he's just growing in confidence. Um, just just adds so many dy- new dynamics for them moving forward and, and taking the ball forward uh, to score. So, and look, they were deplorable, the Giants, but at least there was some sign that they wanted to win this game. They tried. They you just, just haven't got it. And the Saints are just a, a much better team at the moment. Uh, hats off to Ratton. I reckon he's probably top three coaches of the year. I don't um, know whether there were too many signs for me that the Giants wanted to win this game. They looked bored and disinterested through a lot of it, I guess towards the end. But, yeah, I can't say I was that confident that some of them wanted to win it i mean I, I i agree they're definitely like there was no way they were winning this game like we we tipped the saints with confidence where I, I saw in our tipping comp a few people that tipped the giants and like they're not gonna they will not win this game like i'm not a gambling person but i was like this is a good bet like they it's so unlikely they're gonna win this mumford looked completely cooked like he should really not have played this year like he looked so far gone i know they will put in a precarious position with 
lob um, going. But tell you what, like it was just yeah, really pretty ridiculous when Paddy Ryder, an old ruckman who's not in his best um, form anymore, murdered him. Like he looked so much better. So yeah, and, and we've <coughs> seen what what can happen when you throw a young ruckman in underdone in a couple of years with English. Yeah. So I don't. I agree. I don't know why the Giants didn't roll the dice with one of their young ruckmen for the year, um, giving him exposure. Yeah. I know they probably thought they were a legitimate flag contender this year, but obviously that hasn't come to fruition. And yeah, yeah, pretty pretty disappointing. Um, we make tough for the yeah. Giants. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you make a really good point. Like they've lost a whole year now of development. Like I mean, ball movement so bad. Um, so slow out of the halfback, just blowing their chances over and over and over. I mean, you know, when the Saints had a stack of goal kickers and, you know, the Giants didn't even look like it. I don't know. Like, it was just, I mean, like, I saw this stat. So if Jack Steele was still at GWS, it would have been number one for contested possessions, score involvements, tackles and clearances for the year if he'd been on, on the Giants list. So... Like for all the freaks that there are at the Giants, like they have had a busted ass year. And I saw it a couple. Yeah, Haynes, of, sorry, go go. Haynes, I was just saying, Haynes is really the only Giants player that can hold his head high for the entire year. Some of them have had little patches here and there, but uh, he's he's been obviously super consistent, and he had another very good game. Tried yeah. to. Do everything though. Well, I think I, I subscribe as well to the model. We have spoken a bit about this in that, you know, it's very like on the edge list management and I guess team building in that <clears throat> they've almost gone with like an NBA model. And I've heard, which is very difficult to do, obviously, with the amount of people there are. I've heard like people call it like studs and duds or like, um, you know, the very top echelon and then having a bunch of role players. Like, the problem is, like, the guys that are on stacks of money, um, you know, I think, you know, obviously Cameron and, and Cornelio and some of these guys just had, you know, pretty terrible years, really. And then you look at the the next level down and it just didn't step up at all. So I, I like, that model's going to break pretty quick when your top million-dollar players just aren't playing particularly that well. So... I don't know. It's yeah. pretty concerning. Um, and then they've signed Lane Cameron for another two years, who just doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. Like, their, their, their game style is terrible for the team that they have. It's very predictable. They get beaten around the football all the time. Like, it's, yeah, it's it's very, very concerning. Um, anyway, that's that. the Giants, you could, you know, this is, you know, we could go into this... For a long time, but I think, as, as you point out earlier, you know, three goals, 12, is a disgrace. Um, yeah. There's no other way to, to put it. So they didn't deserve to play finals. They haven't deserved to play finals for a while. Like, they started the season really well. They beat the Cats round one. They looked quite good. And then post-COVID, the Giants have looked terrible. And I, I don't know, they've just not adjusted to the hub or, you know, they, they've just not been comfortable being away from home or I, I, I don't know, but it's... It's really, really fallen away, and it's going to be fascinating to know what happens now. You know, with Jeremy Cameron looking like he's, it's a possibility goes to Geelong. Um, you know, they've already got other Everyone's people wanting going, out. Everyone's going to Geelong. Yeah, Geelong well, are going to 
John are going to have some serious uh, cap issues, I think, to deal with next season. <laughs> Geelong have got an NBA team's um, salary cap of $130 million. Oh, paying overs everywhere. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they got Costa's working out the logistics as we speak. They're the Houston Rockets. They, they don't have the luxury tax. It does. They got the Geelong no luxury tax down there. Um, yeah, they get uh, they get the, they get the rural living um, tax. <laughs> oh, ruler instead of cola. We'll just call it ruler. Yeah. They get the ruler. Yeah, it's expensive to live in Geelong. Yeah. In that it's not at all. Um, what I mean, look, I thought Hanbury was good in his return. What did you think of Hanbury's yeah. game? I thought he looked good. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's always. I mean, you and I have always uh, been concerned about how he was going to get his body right. Um, and whether St Kilda would play over cautious and all that type of stuff, but yeah, look, and he, he he looked like he was moving pretty well. I thought they managed his time on the field and, and positioning really well, uh, which is uh, again credit to, to Rat and his coaching panel. And, and what he brings is you can't put the value of what he brings off of the field coming into finals. He's had so much experience, and um, yeah, he. Once he gets that little bit of feels, so let's just say they win next week um, and he gets to play another game, I think that's when we'll really see his influence on a game, is his third game, if he gets that opportunity. But, yeah, look, good call. Um, yeah. And I think it was the right call in the end. Um, Cameron as well. I mean, I, I want to stop talking about the Giants, but, I mean, he, like, he just looked lost after the game. Like, as in um, Leon Cameron, not Jeremy Cameron. They both looked lost. But Leon, Leon Cameron, <laughs> both, Cameron's him and his father, know. him and his father, no. But they, they both look just, I don't know, like I just have no confidence that Leon Cameron's going to get this done right. Like I, I wonder whether there's like a, you know, a spill waiting to happen there. It just does not make just, any sense. Not, um, not to the same degree because Ross Lyons obviously got a lot of runs on the board as a coach. Yeah. But is, is it time like the... the the administration at the Giants look at this situation go, have we got a Ross Lyon situation at Fremantle? And the coaching style is not suiting the playing group. It's you not know, we need all. to find someone yeah. else. I think, I, think they, I think they absolutely should make a play for Ross Lyon. I wouldn't have re-signed. Um, I would not have re-signed Leon Cameron and I would have had a go at um, Ross Lyon. Yeah, it, it always, I mean, just on the side note, I'm always... Very uh, cautious or very apprehensive about footy clubs that decide to re-sign a coach during a season rather than waiting to the end of the season. Yeah, surely that would be a better time to to do it based on the final outcome. So, yeah, maybe that's something that the the Giants need to address too. Is none of this re uh, re-signing coaching or anyone outside of the playing group. Um, until the end of the season, players is a bit obviously a bit different because you want to get their signatures before other clubs sweep. But I think coaches and admin staff and whatnot, like any organisation, you wait till end of the year um, to to make those calls. Even Toby Green, I think, was pretty average through the year. Like he had his moments. He had to kick that you know ridiculous goal. Like he had his moments, but he, his ceiling, I reckon, is definitely high. He, he was still way off. I mean, the confidence just looks shot across the whole team. They don't look confident with the game plan that they've been given. 
and that's a massive concern. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting that we've got all the so-called so A-grades and lots of them, um, these, these star junior players that their first one or two years at AFL level really prompt. But unless the rest of them are playing good football, none of them look good. Yeah. I agree. Like um, Jeremy Cameron missed that goal twenty five meters out directly in front. Like they all, it's funny. You're right. They, are, it's a good point. They all kind of look off. There's no, nothing. Yeah, nobody wants to. Uh, so except for I mean Haynes, uh, obviously has had an outstanding season. But Whitfield doesn't look good unless the rest are playing good. Canelio doesn't. Uh, Taranto, oh, he's probably been a little bit better than the rest of the midfielders. Whitfield's year, been good. Kelly, yeah. Kelly doesn't look that good. No. Um, as you see, Green, um, Perryman, up and down, Finlayson, like they've all, all these players that everyone up until now is going, oh, they're this and that and blah, 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 and they're going to be phenomenal. Step up, show us that you can do it without the rest of your teammates. And they still can't get Callum Ward on the ground as well, which obviously, you know, they've had some yeah, bad injuries. But yeah. yeah, pretty sad um, for such a... A very good player. He was very good at the dogs before before moving to the Giants. And he had some good um, games with the Giants, and they're not in 2016 in that period. But yeah, yeah. Then injuries just dogged him, uh, which is a real shame. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, I yeah. It's it's a sad, sad story with the Giants. Um, one other thing I want to talk about the Saints just briefly before we move on as well. I really like Hunter Clark. I've always liked Hunter Clark, but I, I think we didn't really talk about this the other week, but I, I did want to talk about it last week. But I think his role in the centre, uh, which obviously he was playing more of a defender um, in the past, but um, his role in the centre I think has actually been quite good. Um, like a lot of players at um, the Saints since Ratton's come in, they all look a lot freer, but I've, I've been really impressed by his improvement. Um, I think he's playing his role really well. He, you know, if you look, if you looked at the stats line, you think, oh, yeah, like pretty, look, you know, okay game. But it was good. He was actually quite good. He didn't have a heap of minutes, but when he was on, he was excellent. So I think, yeah, yeah. he's going to be very, very good. Um, what do you reckon? Happy to move on? I mean, not much to yeah, say. Yeah, like, yeah, everything else, yeah, everything else for me um, around the Giants can, can wait till post-season analysis and obviously we've still got a lot to talk about with the Saints uh, coming into the first week of finals, which we can do next week. Yeah. It looks like that... I'm going to find myself and myself. Sorry, yeah. I was just going to say as well, I think Tom Green's been okay, but yeah, no, I, I yeah, well, let's just forget the Giants. We'll talk about them at the end of the season and, and I dare say that's going to be quite a long conversation because the, the, the trade period side of that might, might be quite uh, quite dense. But, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll be polishing my um, Louisville Slugger yeah. for them in Melbourne again this year. Your what, sorry? Louisville Slugger. Baseball bat. Oh, sound like you said you were going to get some blue, but I was like, what? That's a bit. No. Yeah, no. No, definitely not. Yeah, right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that went a bit strange. But no, no, yeah, look, great win by the Saints. They deserved it. Uh, I liked the song at the end, everyone singing. Um, yeah. But, I mean, like, how, how embarrassing when you look really culturally from side to side, like when you've got a team that drops their captain and it completely backfires, it was a busted ass and a waste of time. They bring him back in anyway and he comes in, he's in okay form. What was the point of doing that? There was no response from the players. It was a piss-weak attempt, really, at trying to get some reaction out of the group, and it did nothing. That's that's how, that's how it looks from the outside. Obviously, I'm not on the inside, and I'm sure there's a lot going on, clearly, but 
that that it looked absolutely stupid that they did that. And then the oh, other absolutely. yeah, and then the other side, the Saints, you know, the whole club singing the song. They all look really happy, engaged. You know, everyone's being bring, behaved as well. Bring back, bring, bring back an aging superstar in Hanbury yeah. to play a first game before finals. Like, yeah, there's just a different sort of understanding of what's going on as a group, as you pointed out. Two very different groups. Um, and then so Don's D's, Battle of the Busted Ass, uh, b- Battle of the Who Wants This Less. Um, yeah. Really awful game. I, it, it, yeah. No and one deserved to win this again. I say, did it, did it just showcased the insipidness of both teams and their unwillingness to want to play finals? It's like, oh, can we just have both of them like, just want the season to be over with? Uh, well, the Dons nearly stole it in the end. So the three quarter times, well, so half time, two, two to six, six. Um, and then three quarter time, three, three to seven, seven. So both teams operating at 50%. And then Essendon came hard. In that last quarter, but it, it wasn't enough. But very low energy, very low energy Dons, um, very slow to get going. Um, yeah, Danaher was missing. Like the, the fact that a lot of these players are playing for contracts and playing for, you know, money offers at other clubs. Like, and, you know, someone like, you know, Danaher, like he's, you know, bargaining chips are going to be years because there's not going to be as much money in the cap. And, you know, who would offer him a massive deal now? Like, what? What his value must be in the bin. He can't kick for goal. He's got a history, clearly, of, obviously, of injuries. And he he went completely missing through most of the last game. At least half of it, he was just nowhere and looked disinterested. Well, according to the rumour mill, Geelong won him. Danaher? And no. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I don't think that's a good idea, but I, look, they'll, they'll, he'll probably turn into a superstar down there. You never know. That would be imagine that if he goes on. If he goes, that would be almost the most damning element of Essendon over the last five years. If he goes to another club and becomes a freak and no injuries and just dominates, that would be like a huge, huge mark on that club. That would send them back even further. I reckon that. I mean, they're already in the bin, but that would be really, really bad. Um, this, yeah. I mean, Essendon are still so undersized. Like, again, Melbourne aren't a big team. It was funny watching this game. Like, I was like, they're still so undersized. Like, Melbourne aren't a massive team, and they look so small and weak and scrawny. Yeah. Like, they just don't look like a strong team at all. Such a weak defense. No. And their comeback yeah, is so predictable. The comeback's so predictable. It was so, like, it, so many teams that wouldn't have worked. It's just Melbourne, uh, they... they they get up and then they just forget it, put the cue in the rack and hope that it's enough. They're not, they're not a good team. And they were lucky to win in the end. It was choke versus choke. Like it was just, it was a stupid game. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, Essendon need to roll the dice. They probably need to offload some of their current crop of decent players uh, to get some sized into that, especially that midfield. Yeah. Um, the, the back line is fine. Um, it's size wise, they've got. Uh, enough big bodies there, but again, two of them are getting towards the back end of their career, so probably need to start thinking about that. But they do, they need a. I mean, everyone keeps talking about Ollie Wines. I'm not convinced that he's leaving Port Adelaide to, at, the, the, uh, at the end of this year. Yeah. But someone like that, that, as far as the size and, and, and big body in the midfield, and then why would he go two things in too? the forward line? They need a, a forward that can. Mark and kick goals, yeah. um, but also probably someone a little bit more 
uh, robust um, as a mid-size, not like the opposite of Jake um, Stringer, someone who can hold the ground like a, a my check um, and take um, good overhead marks and be obviously good at kicking goals as well. So, Well, they tried to get Cox last year. They tried to get Cox for that, so I don't know. Maybe they go for that again. Like I said, it's someone who can kick goals. He can kick them once he gets them. The problem is he just doesn't get it. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Mark and kick goals. He, he is quite a good set shot. Jokes aside, he actually is a no, legit. He is. he is. He's better than a lot of yeah. them. Like, a lot of these guys yeah, are disgraceful. It's, we Like, it, it's, you know, the percentage right now of points to goals is a joke. It, it's the biggest oh, blight on our game. It's a yeah. disgrace. And Melbourne need to do the opposite. They probably need yeah. to get some smaller, faster players. Maybe they could just do some trades with each other and get the job done. Well, they should definitely go for Saad. If they, if like, apparently Richmond's into Saad um, because they've got the rants. Oh, I saw people commenting, how could Richmond possibly be into him? It's because of the rants money. Because the rants money comes yeah. out at the end of the year. And, and like, why would they not? Saad. That com- uh, dash out off the half-back I know. I, I spoke with an Essendon fan tonight. I was like, oh, how funny would that be if we took Saad off you as well? And he was like, mm, he wasn't pleased. He wasn't pleased. Um, but, no. but no, I, I mean, just before we get off Essendon, like, yeah, I mean, just just so, like, again, what did you think about as well not playing Bill Chambers? Like, I thought that was pretty piss poor. Like, you know, it, it's a dead yeah, rubber. It means it? nothing. Just play him. Apparently he was fit. I thought he wasn't fit. And then I heard all the weekends he could have played. Yeah, unless he was. Yeah, unless it was really an injury that stopped. It. Like, yeah, it didn't mean anything. Essendon, even if they won, they were out of the finals race. Um, yeah, playing like he's Play been him. a pretty gallant servant for that club. He's yeah. had so many injuries, had offers when he had some really good seasons back two or three years ago yeah. to go elsewhere, and he's went no, nah, staying with Essendon. So. Yeah, I, I thought it was a bit disappointing that they didn't play him. Yeah, I thought it was poor. Um, just shows really holes in their culture. And um, once again as well, Fantasia's um, getting medicals as well at both the SA teams. Like, it, there'll be yeah. a bunch of players that leave. So it's um, very concerning. They're going to, again, they, another yeah, definitely, rebuild. So, definitely, yeah, we're definitely looking at a culture cultural issue at the moment at Essen as opposed to an on-field um, play, player issue. I mean, they have got issues there, but I think that's just um, circumstantial um, and a lot more to do with behind the scenes, which is disappointing for such a historically strong club who generally has had a great culture when you speak to people who have been there for a long time. And no matter how they try... And they're definitely missing... Sorry, since, guys. Since... Um, oh, not Tim. Uh, since... Um, his son. Tim Watson. They miss him. They do miss him, though. He'd be great. Joe. Oh, mate, Joe. No, Joe. Um, yeah, since since Joe uh, retired, uh, I think that's the biggest yeah. um, cult that's missing is that real big contested bull. And as soon as they can fix that, uh, the better they'll be. They're missing Michael Long as well. Too. They miss Michael Long massively. Like, imagine if he, he could oh. come back. Yeah, and Lloyd. And Lloyd. Um, yeah, so busted us. Um, very disappointing. Um, yeah, but wow. What, the, what a joke. The type of game one could expect from these two teams. It yeah, it was, it, it was pretty much... They just played just... The only thing that would have been funny would have been Essendon after the siren. That would have been the only crazier thing that could have happened. 
to Melbourne, but it was almost, but, but it was more Melbourne that they would win and then it, it, they'd be hoping another team would, would get up and then Freya were about to get up and then went, nah, fuck you, Melbourne, and then went to bed. That was very funny. Um, but, yeah, so obviously a disgrace. Um, but let's let's get on to um, old mate Melbourne. Not really that different. I don't know what to say, like, because they, they, they won the game, but then they missed out on finals and they had a stack of chances to have made finals. It's a joke that they didn't make finals once again. Um, yeah, like just, just this is, I mean, what do you say about this game? It's two teams that, that didn't make it. And no heat on their coach. There is no pressure oh. for him to stand down. It's amazing. I think internally at Melbourne there is. Yeah. Sorry? I think in the in the Melbourne fans, like if you look on Melbourne Twitter and like if you look on yeah, like the fans, the fans of, of the club are pissed. They don't like him at all. Who, nobody hears them. Yeah, nobody well, that's, knows who they are. That's they're, the problem. They're, they're too busy up in the ski fields or interstate or they're the quiet Australians. They're the quiet Australians. Yeah, but you just do not hear any pressure from the AFL media mm. on um, on the coach or some of the senior players, which is ridiculous for a club that was probably touted, definitely finals, but in a lot of people's minds, probably top fourth finish this year. I thought Stephen May was good. Um, you know, like a lot. It's a lot of what we've spoken about, but yeah, Gorn's not looking as good as he he was. He's in good form, but not as um, you know great form as he was uh, a year or so ago. Um, no, I don't know, like. Obviously, Petrarca was good. Like, just having a look at the stats here, you know, Salem. But Lever at times. But they just, yeah, but they, again, like, you know, like, still 10-8. Like, it's still not enough, I guess, compared to football at the moment. That's amazing. But I don't know. Like, you know, they they were lucky to win, really, in the end because they let Essendon play 15, 20 minutes of pretty good football. And at the moment, the games aren't that long. So that that's a pretty... Big concern at the back end of the game, but yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about both teams at the end of the year, I reckon, because this is yeah. There's a lot more to say, but yeah. it's just going to get a lot longer. Yeah. Um, Crows Richmond Richmond by 44 points, uh, 33 to 77. Crows obviously. I thought the I thought Adelaide were okay, but yeah, Richmond obviously just asserting themselves just before the finals, uh, heading into the break with a good win. That's about it, really. Yeah, what do you reckon? Adelaide. Yeah. I agree. Adelaide continued on the, the type of form that they've shown for the last month. Very competitive, put up a little bit of a fight, but oh, we're talking essentially first versus last in theory. Um, yeah. Richmond are probably the, the form team going into finals along with Port Adelaide. And Adelaide have got their first wooden spoon. So not a lot to talk about as far no. as... The end margin, except that, yeah, Adelaide showed some glimpses. Um, Richmond just too good, I thought. Um, Asprey and uh, Edwards in their returns were really good. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots to talk about with Richmond. Um, before we yeah. get off Adelaide, I guess, uh, O'Brien has been really good this season ever since that ridiculous incident with his phone. I think, yeah, he's been really impressive. <laughs> Again, I was really impressed by Himmelberg. Last few weeks has been excellent. At least the game was fast-paced. Obviously, 44 points, you'd think, busted ass. Who wants to watch that? But at least it was, you know, it was fine. It was good to watch. Like, it, it wasn't, you know, optically awful. It was, you know, watchable. It wasn't too many stoppages. Yeah, I, I haven't looked at a lot of the stats. But at least just, just watching the game, it looked good. It was fine. 
Um, yeah, like considering where they are both position on the ladder. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought it was a, I thought it was one of one of the better games to watch uh, for the weekend as well. But I mean, you know, Richmond, you know, multiple straight go- when they're holding in their fifty for that long, it's just so hard to beat them. They're so good at grinding teams down. Um, as we know, there's not much that we you know can really chat that we don't know about. But like, even I, I, I think I texted you during the game. Like Arts, um, he's just so good, and he deserves to keep his spot. Like he, he is. Yeah, which is which puts them in a pretty interesting position now because Prestia has been out for so long. Jeez, I, I like that would be so harsh to pull him out. Like I thought, I thought dropping Chol was harsh, and now like you know, obviously with Soldo getting injured, Chol's back in and he deserves to stay there because he was excellent again. But you know, ah, it's like you know, you just love a kid like that. Like he he stuffed up a stoppage. And then a minute or two later is well, he got tackled in trying something that was just a bit too excessive. Um, like, he just went on the wrong angle. It just didn't work. But then a few minutes later, he's back again. Like, that's the thing. Like, he never lets it get down on him. He's always trying. Like, he's obviously not the greatest player, but just the amount of effort he puts in. And he's just getting better and better. Um, Short, as well, was excellent. Uh, like, just someone we haven't spoken so much about this year, but... Um, again, he puts them in a very interesting position as well. Um, he, yeah, but I don't know. He's like, he's like Fortnite especially has been um, nothing short of outstanding. Yeah. Sure. Oh, 100%. Re- really, really good. Um, Pickett, we spoke a bit about this on the phone. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Pickett has really adjusted to AFL level. Like, he's not a great player, obviously, but we spoke about how you know, I think that expectations were a little bit excessive given they, in, in the grand final, he was obviously fantastic, but he was playing witches hats most of the game. The Giants were, were horrible. Um, so, yeah, like it's, it's. I think it was always going to take a little bit of a while, but he, he looks like he's really adjusted now. He doesn't make as many errors. He looks a lot more polished. He did some really good things. Um, he, he, did, he deserves he, it. Yeah, I think he's um, yeah, finally understood his role within the yeah. team. He doesn't need to go out and try and bust through packs and, and run from the halfback line and kick the goal and do all that type of stuff. He, yeah. he, his composure, because he, he's got a very good footy IQ for someone who hasn't been playing at the top level for, for that long. Um, he, and he creates his own time as well. Uh, I think he's finally understood. It's like, it's like a kid who has a growth spurt, sort of has all the skills there, but when the body's a little bit bigger uh, than what it's used to, it takes a little while to adjust. And I think that's what he was experiencing yeah. um, in the first actual season of AFL. And look, just makes Richmond all that much stronger, doesn't it? Having someone who knows what to do on a grand final day um, and now understands the game in a bit of more holistic um, sense. Yeah. And, and as a team player rather than a flash in the pan, which yeah, a bit scary for all the other teams out there as far as I'm concerned. Well, a month or so ago, like, you know, I thought mm, Pickett probably comes out and that's the in for Prestia, but now I'm, I'm not as sure. But anyway, um, I don't know. Not much else to talk about this. Like, obviously, like, you can keep going on about Richmond, but we're just kind of going over a lot of things that people know. I mean... Tex Walker's going to be very interesting to see what happens to him at the end of the year. Obviously, there's all the questions with Adelaide, which we'll get to at the end of the season. But um, there was a few times just, you know, going for that miracle goal where he really just needed to centre it. There was a heap of times where Fogarty was out 
and he just went for that ridiculous 60-metre goal. Like, he just, I don't know, things continue with him at Adelaide. He, he really needs to bring the kids into the game, I reckon. Yeah, I, I saw that and it made me wonder at the time, is this his swan song? Is he trying to go out on a bang and have people remember him as a big-time goalkeeper? Or, I think it's possible, yeah. Or is he just tired at the end of the year and he has <laughs> lost the plot a bit? I think a bit of both, probably, but yeah, I, I think it could be his last year at Adelaide. I think he could end up somewhere else next year. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll ask that question um, later in the season when we do the review because I'll be interested to go a little bit deeper into where you think yeah. Texas is at and what's, what he's going to do. Yeah, well, there's a lot of questions with, with a lot of the Adelaide yeah. players. But yes, obviously, pretty, you know, I guess, you know, rudimentary win for Richmond. Um, got out without any injuries. Um, they also didn't really look any, pro- like, problematic at all without um, Lynch. They'll be fine. It sounds like they will get Lynch back, so that's obviously very good uh, for them. But, um, yeah, so that's that's that game. There's probably not too much to talk about. And then uh, in the next game, so Lions-Blues, eh? Um it was a fast game, but then the rain came. Like, this is the thing. Like, it, I mean, I know, like, for, for AFL 2020, the scoreline was actually quite high, you know, for two teams, 78 to 61. But it did really fall away. Um, Brisbane had, a like, at one point, was 78% to 22% um, time in forward half. Like, they, they should have won this game by a lot more. It's still some of the same issues that we've had all year with Brisbane. Not capitalising. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't uh, agree with you anymore. Um, again, this is where my concern lies. Now that coming into finals, do they have that killer instinct? Do they know what it takes to really put the um, foot on the throat of the opposition when they get the opportunity? Because um, they're going to be coming out against teams that will back themselves in against the Lions, whoever yeah. it may be. I mean, obviously they got Richmond first up, but. It could be the Saints, it could have been the Pies or whoever, and they'll all give themselves a chance against this Brisbane team because they haven't shown um, that killer instinct yet, that ruthlessness that basically every grand final premiership side in the last 20 years has shown. They've just gone, no, this is a flag, we want it, Uh, get out of our way. Uh, And I just don't see that with all Brisbane players, but too many of them. So as a unit, they don't look... Convincing, yeah. I mean, no. Given that the opportunity they've got this year, where it's likely that this will be one of you know probably the only one really in the next forty or fifty years, if that contract's to be believed at the MCG, that they're going to have their grand final, the grand final played at their home ground. Like it's not even just in their state; it's at their ground. Like it's it's such an incredible opportunity. I'm still not convinced. I I, I do subscribe that you know Port and Brisbane have a bit of an edge, but I'm not. I still think Richmond and Geelong are going to do just as much damage, if not more. Um, anyway, but yeah, look, you're looking at the scoreline. If you didn't see this game, um, Carlton actually led it at quarter time, four goals straight to three two, and it looked like there was trouble at the start. It was like, wow, this Carlton looked quite good, um, and then halftime, and then they just completely screwed it up in the second quarter. Blues were terrible in the second quarter, kicked one point for the quarter. Um, eight goals, five to four, one, and then three quarter time. Let let um, Carlton in even further again, nine seven to six one. So then they played a much bigger, better quarter. Um, at least to get a couple more on the board and um, only concede one goal. And then uh, the final score, 
11-12 to 10-1. But again, like 11-12, like there's so many of those points they should have kicked. Like it's just ridiculous. They still keep missing massive amounts of goals. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just the same. It's just the same problem. Like, I, I just think this is going to fall away at the back end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And how do they? How do they fix it? I mean, obviously they get Kurt over back, which may or may not um, solve the issue. Uh, Harry McKay obviously looks ready to explode next year, but yeah, do we see another faltering Blues team next year? That. Don't know how to really take control of the game yet and, and go on with the job once they get in front. So, Well, I mean, back half, like, well, let's do Carlton, but, like, back half skill areas just completely costing them. You know, I'm not – it's funny, like, why, why is Kate Simpson retiring? Like, who is he massively – Holding out. I know he's old and he's played a million games, but he, I think I think he actually think he looked good. I don't think he. I I do wonder whether if somebody knocked on the door, I do wonder whether he could go on at another club um, similar to a Hodge or something and offer some. You know, I wonder wh- whether he'd be interested in going to a Gold Coast to have someone with so much experience be able to teach the young kids, work with Sam Day, people like that. I, I don't know. Like I just think he's got something to offer still. I'm not sure he's completely shot. He's got no injuries. Like. Could extend that game record to you know getting towards you know three eighties means you're three sixty three seventies means you're ahead of like goods and people like that. You're getting pretty you know rare air. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just think he's he's still in good form. I'm not sure. I get why they've got to move on at some point. It's like Boomer Harvey as well or Tark or any of these guys. You know, even Fl- or Fletcher was pretty cooked towards the end. But um, I, yeah, that that's a question. But. Yeah, interesting. it is interesting, like the, especially those two players you, you compared him to, Harvey and Tuck. Harvey and Tuck both looked very good in their final year, like too good yeah. to be pushed out the door. So, yeah, look, I wonder if you've raised it. Who, who would be a suitor to take on a Kate Simpson for one or two more years? Well, I think the question is, and this is sort of seems obvious, but and we'll talk about this at the end of the season, I guess, but briefly because I did mention it. I guess, I don't know, it, well, it, it would depend on whether he's happy to leave Victoria. If he's if he's not happy to leave Victoria, that probably thins it down a bit because he's not going to Richmond, he's he's not going to Collingwood, he's not going to go to... Um, well, he doesn't want to play next year because probably won't be too many games in Victoria. <laughs> Well, I think I think if the cases stay the way they're going and keep dropping, I think Victoria is where the hub will be because there'll only be ten teams can if they have to have a hub. Ideally, the best case scenario for season twenty twenty one is everyone can fly in, fly out, but that's going to be very difficult because the players would still be moving around society, and if they get COVID, then what happens? I I don't know. I think there'll probably be a hub if they have a hub. It'll probably be here in Victoria because there's a lot less teams. It'd be a lot cheaper for them to do it here in Victoria, but I, I don't know. They own a lot of hotels here as well. That's the difference too, where they wouldn't be charging, they wouldn't charge themselves the room fees. But um, anyway, that that's a whole separate conversation. But if he wants to leave, let's forget COVID and all that stuff. I guess we can't because you can't forget it. But if he wants to leave Victoria, I think there are options for him. I don't think there are too many options for him. Look, North would probably take him because they can't get anybody. But I think if he ended up at a I really do wonder, like particularly one of the, the, the starting clubs like, you know, Gold Coast went for Burgoyne, um, like a Hodge type of scenario. I really do wonder whether that could work. 
Uh, he's got he's clearly got at least a year or two, but it's whether he wants to move his family up to another state. Don't know. I have no idea yeah. if he's got a support network here. That was the biggest reason the Burma didn't go on because he had he did have other offers at other clubs, is my understanding, but they were all outside of Melbourne. And he's got his family here. He's got his network here. You know, he's got younger kids that would have pulled him out of primary school. I think they're both in primary school, or maybe even one might be getting closer to high school. I'm not sure. But the point is that would have been difficult, unnecessary for two years and then move back again. Do you know what I mean? He wants to live here, so it's a bit... It's a bit hard, just purely just yeah, to extend the games record. But that that was, I don't know, that, yeah, look, it's it's a hard one. But I, I, look, the point is I think he's got some sort of a future possibly if he wants it. The other thing too is how good was Daniel Rich? Like I, you always forget about this guy, like at, at well, I do, at, at Brisbane. Like he, he was fantastic again. Like this guy, you know, he's, he, he played in their last finals win, you know, when Fev was there in that crazy um, period there, the Bris Vegas era of, of Brisbane when it was just very bizarre. But that that well, it was he was the superstar in that lineup for a long time. Mm, he was a very but good player, but only trying. I forget he's still there. It's it's yeah, but that look yeah. Not the Shane. He's not the Shane Crawford of Brisbane Lions. Well, he was. He's, he's played yeah. so much horrible with so many horrible teams. Right, low Middle of the was pretty bag. good. Yeah, bit better player, but no, I know what you mean. Uh, but, yeah, look, the Lions were far better in every way. The only reason why it was close was they, yes, they let Carlton back into the game um, through periods, but which is concerning. But then also the set shots are a disgrace. Still, like, uh, so rarely, I've been meaning to go through this, I haven't had time, but, like, the amount of games where Brisbane's not hit over 50%, it must be stacks of them. Like, they've, their percentage over the last, since, the, since mid-year, must be a joke from goals to points. It must be horrendous. So, anyway, when, when you tell you on the bit, the two forwards are like kick get thirty percent in front of goal. So for every three shots they have, they kick one goal. That's horrible. Yeah, well, Cameron again, one goal, two. He still looks a bit off, doesn't he? Like he doesn't quite look right. McLuggage three points. Neil two points. I don't know. Yeah. Mid- yeah, McCarthy, so, Robinson yeah, both missed. I mean, if they can fix, oh, this is the thing. If they can fix their accuracy in front of goal, they are unstoppable. That is the only downside. But unfortunately, that's the most important thing in football. Yeah, I don't know about unstoppable, but they'll be. They'll, they'll, you're right. That puts them pretty much in the box seat, though. That would make them almost premiership favourites. Very close. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah the, that's a bit high. While saying unstoppable, but no, they no, become, but yeah. so because they, like you said. They don't have to leave yeah. home ground. They stay. So there's really, to put that into context, there's only three or four other teams in the entire competition that get that type of opportunity, and they're all Melbourne-based teams. Richmond, Collingwood, Hawthorne, and I know they're the only three because they're the only three big teams that have the MCG as their home base. They play enough games Mel- there. Melbourne, but, yeah, they don't win games. So Melbourne, yeah, like I said, they're the only three teams. <laughs> um. Yeah. Sorry, Melbourne supporters. You'll get there one day. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so, so it's the perfect opportunity. A perfect storm for Brisbane to really take advantage of it. It's got to straighten up in front of goal, and yeah, I think they're 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 a good chance. It was another game walking into it where I was like, okay, we're close to the finals. Now is time for you to belt somebody, and then every time they do the exact same thing again. So that 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 is a concern that. You know, it's kind of not as bad as the Eagles, but it is 
a situation like West Coast where we've gotten all the way to the finals and I still have big question marks on them. But anyway, yeah. they won a lot of games. They finished second on the ladder. Like they've clearly won that very good side, but I just wonder when you get to a prelim, legs get shaky. I, I'm a bit concerned that that's going to fall away. If they, if they can make that happen, that would be amazing. But I, I'm... Well, that's the thing. The pre- that's the other thing. The pressure is on the Brisbane Lions. This yeah. whole final series now. Kate Simpson's goal was yeah. fantastic as well. Before we move off Carlton, that was great. Um, I mean, I saw. I thought Casbolt was terrible. He he got re-signed for another year, which is um, crazy. They they're just continuing the. I think crazy to be honest. Can, given that, what? yeah, he got another what? year. Yeah, I just saw that. Got another year. Okay, I think we have our Nahas winner, the Carlton Football Club. I think Caswell gets the Nahas. But nah, you've got to be a bit good at times to get the Nahas. It's a weird award. You need to be yeah, good, bad, bad, good, all over the show. Perfect. The whole football club. They've yeah. been good. Oh, so the whole club gets it. That's probably their worst. Why would, you, why? why would you keep him? Given there's so many forwards available, so they've re-signed for another year, so the Caswell experience continues. Um, and Lucky for him, I guess. Well, very lucky for him. But then, speaking of who's someone who's even more lucky with the amount of money he's got for the amount of output he has, McGovern was so bad, it's not funny. He is the most overpaid player in the league by far, surely. I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he I think he had like one possession to half time or something along those lines. Like it was it's it, it is unbelievable. So they'll, they'll look to offload home? him, but who would want it? Do you think he goes home, has a little laugh, and goes to sleep very content? It almost yeah, it almost feels like it's a joke. I've thought that too. I think I don't know whether we had that conversation, but I have one hundred percent thought it feels like this is a practical joke. That he is a Sasha Baron Cohen character where he's mm. figured out how to rot a team and he's earning sickening money and he just now... Doing nothing. It's almost like he's taken a bet and it's like, how little can I do and still get away with it? Like, it, it is incredible. But, yeah, so he... So, yeah, so the Casbolt experience continues. So that's uh, hilarious. But there's going to be... Yeah, yeah. So that'll be very interesting. But, um, mm. oh, look, yeah. Look, obviously, it, uh, Lions... You know, good team. They're gonna, they'll they'll be. I think they're st- they're going to win a final, but I, I I just worry about how. I, I'd be shocked if Brisbane went out in straight sets. That would be wild, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I won't be. You would be, or you be wouldn't surprised. be. I won't be surprised at all. No. Okay. I think I would Especially be straight sets. I'd be shocked. Mainly got, well, mainly because they're facing Brisbane first up, uh, Richmond first up. See, I see them facing someone. Yeah. I'd be like, ooh, okay, they should win that, but. They come up against their hoodoo team, so then if they lose that, so much pressure. Like it, it, it just mounts. Like it's it's so hard to comprehend that type of pressure. Of, yeah. Again, oh, we find ourselves in a position to go out straight sets, and we've seen it happen to teams I constantly. Know. Yeah, that's true. I, I like see really them. Rich. I mean, Hawthorne, Geelong, West Coast have all suffered from it. No, I agree. Something similar. I agree. I just think that Richmond will win, but then they'll win the next game. But anyway, that's, you know, who knows? It's all on pipe, pipe dream. Crystal ball. Crystal ball. Yeah. But, wow, there, there, there are some absolute, you know, passengers, you know, weekend at Bernie's type people playing at, at Carlton that, like, yep. may as well be scarecrows out on the ground. Like, it, it is 
absolutely ridiculous what's going on. Yeah, down they there. need to be they need to be pulled out. Just if they have to overhaul that list by ten players, do so. I honestly think like it is so damaging having him in the side, particularly with. I know this sounds really harsh on him, but like, I mean, if he's like it's ostensibly like going to play like this, where he gets like. You know what was his what was his final possessions like? It must be right down the bottom again. Like I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I can't find it. Point is, it, it, yeah, wow. So he's not even. It's that low. It's not on the list. Well, where is it? Oh, here we go. Sorry, six, six, six. In the end, six, um, six possessions, five kicks, one handball, three marks, one tackle. But like. Awesome. I mean, the effect that this, I think, is going to have on, on a Harry McKay or Mackay or whatever, we can't, no one wants to confirm mm-hmm. that. But what that's that, to me, is concerning. I mean, to pay him out, I mean, you'd have to, you know, roll out, that's, roll gold bullion. But you've got two season oh, older players in McGovern. He's still got three years. Getting played to take spots from younger players. Yeah. And they've got... Unless that Kerno injury is really, really bad and he doesn't look like he's coming back for half of next year, which that that's the only reason I can think why you keep one of those, keep him on um, as, as super security. I think they're better off, honestly, almost. I know it's a lot of money, but they're almost better off paying him out and giving the amount of forwards that are available, just trying to find a forward that you could structure up a back end of deal where you can pay him less now, absorb some of that McGovern, you know, poison now take and on, then go back in. the buddy contract. I know it's a problem. Back end contracts are bad, but that, that would be hilarious if we went to the Blues. That'd be great. But no, I, I, that won't, it won't happen. But anyway, no. we're, we're getting very sidetracked because the game wasn't very good. But yeah, so Brisbane, obviously much, much, much better. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fascinating to talk about the Blues off-season. But yeah, Casbolt, Casbolt 2021, he's back. Um, Hawthorne, yeah, Hawthorne, Gold Coast. Uh, wow, what a strange game. Um, the Suns were pretty average. Yeah, I mean, look, it was fun. It was a fun game to watch. Um, you know, Hawthorne kicked deep. They had a stack of goals straight. Like they were, It was it was good. It was, a, it was just a show. It was a sayonara Poppy Strat Strats had a goal. Like it was it was a like a stage show. It didn't feel <laughs> like a game. Between goals. It felt it like it was rigged. Was, sorry. Oh sorry, I I thought you sorry, it cut out, I thought you'd stop. I was gonna say it felt like it was rigged, the game, because it had so many crazy oh. scenarios happen in it. Oh, I agree. Um <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure some of it was a bit staged. Clarko and Stewie Jew having a chat before the game. Oh, I don't know. It felt ridiculous. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. But you're right. I mean, the fact that Hawthorne was able to get out to such a big lead. Yeah. To allow Stratton to go forward. Probably having kicked three goals in a game in three years. Um, yeah, there's a little bit of, oh, I don't know. Just, it all seems too convenient for me. In such a weird season, I don't know, but it was. It good. felt like a theatre yeah, show. It felt like a theatre yeah. show doing an AFL game. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and um, I mean, again, it doesn't or doesn't go to show that, regardless of the type of season that it pans out, it's still really long for a young team. Yeah, and they get tired because the Gold Coast looked tired. 
Carlton looked tired. Hawthorne is looking tired. I mean, that was probably their oldest team they put on the park since round one, two or three. Um, that's probably why they looked a little bit better because um, they had more players that have done pre-season, all that type of stuff. But, yeah. look, it was beautiful conditions for a game of football. It was very watchable from that sense. Um, the ball just pinged around a little bit. It pinged. I can't get much out of it, though. Oh, it, it was it was a funny old sayonara. I mean, look, the only thing, I mean, Hawthorne should have won by a lot more. I think, I've said this, I think Hawthorne aren't as bad as it seems. I think, I think they'll rebound better. I think they'll knock on the eight next year. I, I still think they're going to be outside of finals, but I think they'll be better. Um, but, you know, the score at three-quarter time, 13-6 to 5-5. Five, five. Like, Hawthorne should have won by, you know, 70 points. It should have been a lot more. But anyway, when it's a crazy weirdo game like that, Poppy looked really good. It was the first time I've seen him play like that for a long time. It was kind of like Ruffy's last game, but it was it was great to watch. Um, you know, Strats, you know, it's a shame it kind of ended the way. It felt like he kind of, a year or two ago, he had a few more years at least left in him. So it's a bit of a shame he's kind of dropped way off. But I guess it's better to retire before you play your, you know, poor football towards yeah, the back end. Yeah, play really bad football. You don't, you don't want to be like no. that. You don't want to be down Barrett again. No. <laughs> Suns, um, Suns some fight back in the third, but yeah, no, not not great, really. Um, you know, at one point, you know, Hawthorne controlled them very easily. Um, they were forcing them to um, to handball so hardcore that they would make errors very quickly and very easily. At one point, their kick to handball rate, Gold Coast kick to handball ratio was hilarious. It just was, yeah, it was very strange. I know they're a very young team, but surely somebody was like, at this next stoppage, hey. They're trying to get us to handball constantly and we're, and we're creating a shitload of errors, which is giving us turnovers, and then they score. So why don't we try and control the ball and calm down? Why don't we try that for five minutes just to test it? See what happens. Just to see what happens. If it's shit ass, we go back to being handball constantly and, and, and make errors. But at least we had a crack at it. So they wanted to win their own way, which is a bit of a concern. They didn't want to kind of give it a crack. If you if you really want to analyse this game, but, you know, it's not really worth analysing um, in a lot of respects. But, yeah, two teams that can't play finals, so we probably can't go into them too much. But Hawthorne, big start. They should have won by a lot more, obviously. But um, the, you know, Cabaret show that was this ridiculous game. Um, yeah, all, all the best to Poppy and... And Strats in their retirement, um, there's a lot less jobs in football now, so hopefully they uh, have saved up their pennies when they play because you no longer can clubs have 60 you know, assistant coaches and 35 analysis coaches and 65 opposition analysis people and you know, bootstutters assistant and like it, it just gets a bit... Yeah, I think, I think that's going to be very interesting to see what happens to a lot of these people now. There's... Only so many media jobs, and yeah. there's only so many football jobs as well. Well, that's, yeah, and that's yeah, and that's just AFL. You think about some of the players that go on to do coaching roles at the next tier of a state competition. They're not going to be around as much anymore yeah. as well because those comps aren't going ahead. Um, and then the level below that um, at metropolitan level, again, well, I could see. Hobby doing something like that. He doesn't seem to be someone who wants to uh, be in the limelight, but he, no, he might. He's quite a shy guy. Out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, he comes, he might move back to SA and try and stay in football somewhere. And I mean, Stratton, he's a, he's a bit of a unique one, um, quite a 
um, Larry can uh, write to his music and craft beer and all that type of stuff. So he he might. Uh, I think he's already got a, a side project at uh, craft brewery with. He has a brewery, um, yeah, with Joe Danaher. He and Danaher, yeah, with Joe Danaher and a couple a couple other guys. So I, can't I, I think he'll just, he'll just be in a in a North hipster for a few years. I reckon. Well, he's got his DJ something. career too. To be fair, his DJ career, yeah. So I'm sure he'll find something to do. You know, with all the clubs and pubs that are open in Melbourne at the moment. I'm about to say, yeah, he's got a shitload of venues that are hiring at the moment. So. He'll start up in Queensland, I think, for a little bit and, and go up yeah. there. But yeah, look, good on, good on. Uh, obviously, long-term servants of the Hawthorne Footy Club came came through uh, different channels and yeah, triple premiership players and all that type of stuff. We've all heard it before, so good on them. And yeah, Hawthorne obviously did, did the best thing by them, and Clarko pl- played them both, even though he probably didn't. Have to, and they got the win. But that's that's <coughs> how you say goodbye. Sorry, go go. Yeah, sorry. Um, with, it was good to see Izzy Smith on the on the yeah. sidelines with Clarkson as well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, look, it was just you know that's the way to do it. It's not to you know not play Bell Chambers and have a bit of a funny walk on the way out. Like that was shit ass. Like that's just not that's not good culture at all. But um, no. on strats, you might be able to find the the solution to ending the coronavirus because if there's any way to end it if you lick the floor at revolver it probably would fix your right up you'd, you'd probably probably <laughs> there's enough chemicals in the carpet there you probably would uh come out immune to it but um you'd have other issues but at least you wouldn't get covid um anyway so yeah all the best to those two um, that's that's the way to send a, send some players out but yeah gold coast long summer um you know that just before we get into the, the p tape of uh <laughs> Stuart, uh, Mountain Dew. Did you see, um, oh man, oh man, Dew, the, the wee wee, wee wee tape? That was from two years ago, apparently, which wasn't made very clear by media outlets at all. It was made out as though that was last night. Yeah, right. No, I didn't really get much into it. I, I saw what you sent me and then it sort of didn't link to anything. So I was like, oh, oh. and then. Subsequently, found out that it was leaked by someone internally. So yeah, it was a staffer. Yeah, which and, is... then, and then didn't see anything on any of the AFL websites. Nothing on the news. Oh, I was like, it wasn't on Russian Russian news on, on the AFL website. That's a bit strange. Well, I was on the Ukraine uh, oh, channel. But... RT was covering it. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm sure the players must already know about it. If that's been floating around for two years, they must know there's a PP tape. Yeah, must. Know. They must know about the the PP. Um, due tape. So that is, that, it's so stupid. It's just, yeah, anyway, it was kind of funny, but obviously absolutely ridiculous. Um, Sydney and the Catters. Good game, this one. Um, not a very good round. Might, might, I don't know, might have been game of the round. What do you reckon? It was it was good to watch. I mean, obviously Geelong was slow, but it was, you know, I like the Sydney kids. It was good. Yeah, Came the round probably last night. Yeah, it probably was a bit of a bad uh, one. But this wasn't far behind. This, yeah, again, Sydney just keep. This don't go away. Um, so if you're a supporter or you're just a fan of AFL, you can't be disappointed basically from any of the Sydney games all year. There might be one or two where they didn't turn up, but otherwise, they've put in a contest and, and really shaken up some of these. Um, Top end teams throughout the year and picked up a couple of sneaky scalps uh, along the way. So yeah, I thought it was a really interesting game. Um, obviously, Cats got a couple of little concerns leading to finals, not looking like they're playing the best football. But you know, 
shouldn't have won this game, really. Let, let's be honest. Like they shouldn't. They really probably shouldn't have won this game. If Blixars doesn't um, uh, stop That's that ball, right. yeah, smother that ball. It, that that doesn't happen. Uh, Papley kicks two goals, five. There was a heap of those five points he should have kicked. Like, yeah, they really should not have won this game. Um, you know, Geelong missed a lot of chances too, but yeah, Sydney missed a heap. They were huge. This was a huge performance. Um, hard sell would tag. I think that worked. Um, Menegola lifted, as I said earlier in the podcast. Um, you know, Hawkins, you know, got the Coleman. It's actually funny with Hawkins. Like, he's... I, I honestly could have sworn he won a Coleman in the past, but this is his first one. He actually had never won one before. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but even 5% Swans, just a tiny bit more. They absolutely would have won this game. Um, I mean, a lot of people say Papley's the best small forward. Is he the best small forward when he misses so many shots? Is he? Like, um, he's very good. He, uh, yeah, I would say this year he's the, he's, the, he's the premier small forward, absolutely. Not Butler? Uh, no, I think Papley impacts the game more. Butler is a goal scorer, yeah, but I, I would probably have Papley in my side sooner. <laughs> It's a bit of a blight in some respects that he's... I mean, he had a very electric start. He was leading the Coleman. And not not trying to shit on Papley, but he did... You know, he does miss a shitload of shots. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a little bit of a blight. I guess for so long we had Eddie Betts dominating like it wasn't funny. And he was clearly the best small forward in the game for like four years in a row. So particularly at like his heyday, you know, at his I think his peak was at Adelaide. I think he was amazing at Adelaide. He was unstoppable. Yeah, and then we had, and he had Cyril before yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and before that, Stephen Milne. Like and then Castagna. Electrifying as well. small forwards. Yeah. Nahas, don't forget Nahas. Nahas, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there, yeah, there have been some absolute jets and, and genuine game winners in the small forward category for a number of years. We've been very lucky in that sense. Yeah, so we're, I mean, we were around, I think, Papley, and I see where you're coming from. If he turns more of those opportunities into goals, he probably wins the Coleman then. Well, I'm a hundred percent, and that's I'm probably harsh on him because I know like he's got that in him. Like he's so close. Yeah. Like just needs to go back, take a bit more time with his set shots. Uh, I think he goes for around the corner a bit too much. Um, anyway, it's, his, it's just. You're know, surprised at that too because he is a very good set shot kicker. So I'm surprised that he does that mm. more than he needs. So, yeah. But yeah. look, like, I mean, yeah, him and Dan, him and um, Dan Butler, if we're just talking about the, the two best, uh, the small forwards for the year, they're, they're the pick for me. What about a game of two halves, like in Dangerfield? So he was absolutely missing in the first half. And what then. He had like seven touches. Or something like that. Or something? Like, yeah. Unheard of. Unheard of. And then he, then he just completely dominates and kicks three goals, too, in the end. Is he um, the Jimmy Butler? Is he the Jimmy Butler of AFL at the moment? Oh, he's he's Patrick Buckets, you reckon? <laughs> he just just plays just, just elite. Just do nothing for the first half and then trying to explode for the second <sighs> half to get your team over the line. I mean, like someone who who wasn't on like that was Ablett, who looks like he has not missed a beat. Like he looked a little bit off, but he's not played football for ages. But he was fantastic. Um, Forty. It does make me. Does make me think. Like I know he wants to retire at the end of the year, and I get if they won the flag, you'd probably say, "Yeah, just do it," and it becomes like a Crawf where he could have played on, but it's so, it's such a romantic end to do that. And he comes back to Geelong. I mean, what an end! But they're yeah. in such they're in such a window, Geelong at the moment. They're going to next year be 
I you can mount an argument they'll be better next year because they'll you know I they, I mean look they'll be they'll they'll at least be. They get another preseason into a bunch of these guys that'll get better. I think Menegola can get better. I think a couple of these guys can get can take another step up. It's not like Hawkins. Yeah, it's not like Hawkins is going to be you know thirty five next year. Like I I I, I really think some someone needs to. Get, I'm sure they already are, but someone needs to get into his ear. I know there's a smaller list, but Gary Ablett is such a draw card. He's one of the icons of the game. He's absolutely one of the top, probably certainly the top ten players I've ever seen. Um, and you can mount an argument top five for sure. He, he, any of that aside, I think he absolutely should play on. Like he's, if he can not play for that long, come in, train like that, and his potty holds up and plays like that, there is no way he should not be getting a game every week. And yeah, anyway. I reckon it's his, I think it's his choice though. Oh, it, it is. I think if he wanted to play on, but I just hope like, you know, Danger and these guys are just saying to him, mate... <laughs> We'd love to have you again next year. Like it would be imagine. Well, who knows? Like they're, they're such a good side. They could go back to back. They could win. They might lose this one, but then they might win next year. Who knows? So that's the thing. They're going to be excellent again next year. Um, anyway, but look, just back to um, Sydney. Uh, yeah, look. I mean, as we've been saying for some time, it was probably Kennedy's best game in a while. Um, not that he's been terrible, but like he definitely. I thought he was really consistent all game. Uh, Mills, fantastic. Dawson, McInerney, they've found something in him, as we said the other week. Uh, Cunningham was great. Uh, Stevens was great as well. Florent, has been really good. I thought Aaliyah's game was quite good as well. Um, yeah, Sinclair's been fantastic. He was really good in the ruck. So, yeah, yeah. They're, they're definitely uh, building a very strong list for, for next year. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if they're the, one of the bigger movers up the ladder next season. They can keep predominantly the list that they've got, get Buddy back, maybe get um, I don't know, whether they get Joe Dan and her or, or just another forward to to help Franklin out. They're pretty solid after that. Like that midfield, another preseason, they're so young this team. Uh, yet they've got enough experience around them to, to really push though. So. And they're well coached. Malikin, I reckon. Malikin's assumed to be oh. all Australian um, key back. Yeah. Like they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're primed for, for – a really good run over the next two or three years. Probably only one, one and a half seasons behind Fremantle at the moment. Another couple of good trade periods and then a bit more development and they're back in the window. I still... Yeah. We've both lived in Sydney, so we both know firsthand that they're, you know, Sydney's a really funny city. If you haven't lived there, there is a good half of the city or at least two million people, right, that live there that have no interest in sport, like pretty much at all, which is completely fine, but it's not like Melbourne where... It'd be you know a hundred thousand people would have no interest in sport. It's it's a it's a big portion that aren't that interested in it, and the people that are there's like definitely the chunk of those people is probably only like twenty five. No, a bit more than that. Probably 40 percent of that of those sports fans uh, will, will watch the Swans, but then that number drifts away pretty quick if there's not a star there. So they're going to need... And I, I don't think... A lot of people wouldn't know who Danaher is and the ones that would know who he is would be like that guy, the one that's always injured, misses a lot of shots. He's not that star that could come. And he doesn't want to be in the... I know Buddy was never in the public, but that was very Sydney anyway. It kind of worked. And he did a lot of like marketing and all the billboards and like all that sort of shit. That That's very LA. Like it works in Sydney. 
Whereas like Danaher's not going to lean into that at all. He's not that Bondi kind of guy. It's just not going to work. They need, they do need to get someone in the next few years, which is going to be hard with the buddy deal. But I think you and I have lived there. We know that that star factor, someone that, you know, is that real elite talent um, that can attract people to watching those games and drive the ratings is so important. Obviously with Barry Hall and, uh, Kepe and all those oh, people over the time. It goes back, yeah. It goes all the way back to Warwick Capital when they first Kepe. moved from South Carolina. Yeah, like, he just he just did yeah. Hollywood type stuff on the footy field, that, and that's all you need. You need someone who's got a lot of flashy brilliance, mm. absolutely. So, yeah, whether that's um, a dashing wingman or halfback flanker or like, I mean, Gafter and Adam Sart, he's not your biggest profile, but at least he brings excitement to the game. Maybe he's what they need. It actually, he'd play very good. He'd be very good. About to say, yeah, that's not a bad it's, idea. It's <laughs> Pretty good run off <laughs> half back, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, look, most teams would take that. There aren't many teams that would go, nah, screw Adam Sard. Uh, I think most teams would take him, which is probably why he's he's having a crack with his management to see oh, what, he, what he can get because yeah, for his biggest offer. He he could win games and earn shitloads of money. So like that's the thing. When you get that yeah. offer, you can't turn that one down. Um, uh, you don't get that, that offer doesn't come up very often. It's like the buddy deal. It was like because they're already a very good side, get paid hectic money, and then win a shitload of games as well. Where do I sign? Um, but anyways, yes. Sydney kids, as we've said, look great. Um, but yeah, I think it, I, I agree. In the next few years, I reckon they're going to be way back up there again. Um, but yeah, Blixarfs, good thing you know how to smother a ball. I did. Um, I did really like that uh, that footage. I'm not sure if you've seen this. It's very funny. Um, did you see the? Uh, Corey Enright's, uh, Renee Enright, I believe is her name, um, tweeted a video out of Luna, um, Corey Enright's daughter, who looks like she's maybe like two or a bit under two. Uh, everyone, so there must be like within the hub and they're all watching the game. It's getting towards the back end of the game and um, everyone's screaming and losing their minds because obviously it's so close and there's that late Swans goal and it's back in the Swans forward 50 and Luna Enright, she like looks at them as if to say, why are you going so nuts? It's too loud. Everyone's just being annoying, going crazy. Like, what's going on? It's so funny with kids, their interpretation of things. So she just looks at it and goes, I had enough. And then she walks up to the Foxtel thing, pulls the plug out, like right uh, as the game's got like 15 seconds to go. So everyone's screaming, scrambling, trying to find the cord. What's she done? Where, where'd she pull it out? Where did it go? And they finally get it back on and then the game's finished and they won and there's obviously lots of cheers. But it was just, it was very, very funny. It, but it just, uh, it did show like the culture that they have in the club. Like all the partners were all there and all the kids, you know, mingling and stuff. Like it just shows what a great culture the the cats have, but it was a very, very funny yeah, video. Um, very, you know, I know Hawthorne gets the family club thing, but I think, you know, it's great to see that the cat is obviously going to make a big uh, swing in it again this year. And then uh, Frio, Frio Dogs uh, that followed that, so the uh, Melbourne uh, busted ass uh, scenario here. So if uh, at the time you didn't see this game, so if Frio had won, then Melbourne were into the finals. Um, but it wasn't to be the dogs um, by 30 points in the end. And it did get close-ish. Um, Half-time, 5-4 to 7-4. So only two goals. It's not that far off. Three-quarter time, 6-5 to 8-8. Eight, eight. But two massive outs before the game. Like I, I, I was saying before the game, I was like, they, they won't win this game. So no no Tabernard and no Walters. So that's, that's it. They're big outs. They're massive outs. So... You could pretty much... That's, that's, a, that's pretty much your scoring power there. Yeah. And 
and coming up against a team that absolutely had to win yeah. uh, to play finals. But a lot more at stake. And it probably says a lot about um, Longmuir as a coach. It's like, why risk potentially injury, potential injury to two stars of their team when finals are out, out the way? Let's just put them on ice, um, whether they were injured or not, like regardless of. Um, I think the just right decision was made, irrespective. And yeah, dogs dogs played their brand of football, which I think they probably still would have won, even if those two would were playing. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. I think they would have just won. I think it would have been tighter. I reckon it would have been like sixty-eight, mm. sixty-nine to yeah, it would have been four goals. Yeah. Oh, I reckon tighter. I reckon that I what I just said was like four or five points. But yeah, it would have been it would have been close. Walters. Would have pushed late, scored a couple late, and then all of a sudden it gets interesting. Dogs get tight, and then it, I reckon it would have been a bit. But they would have won anyway. I agree. Um, but yeah, dogs just structured up a lot better. Freo a little bit slow to defend. It was look, they've been fantastic all year. It's not like you know a Gold Coast drop off where like they just you know looked really poor or um, you know some of those other teams we spoke about earlier. But yeah, just free a little bit slow to defend. Obviously missing really key players. Trying to cover that off as best as they could. There were roles that both Tabiner and Walters play off the ball that Frio really weren't able to cover that quickly enough. They could see it, which is a great sign. It wasn't like you know Carlton or someone like that at times where they've just not seen it at all, or you know Adelaide earlier in the year where they were just completely not not recognise where things are about to go south. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. I mean. Norton also injured very early, which was a concern, and Melbourne fans must have been um, excited at that point when he did his um, his cheek bone. I believe the eye socket's okay, so it looks like he is going to play the first final. But um, it was a bit crazy. It was very Luke Beveridge game in that, like he was trying everything. Like he tried Cordy forward, Keith forward. Like you know, it was a very kind of like let's see what happens, let's see what shit sticks, but. It, it worked in the end. Um, yeah, it was a fun fun watch because of the, the what was what the stakes were. Um, yeah, what did you think? Any anything else out of this that you want to discuss? I mean, obviously Freo um, couldn't make it in the end. I thought it was a good effort from given that the major outs that they had. Yeah, I mean, like like you and I have been saying at least for the last six weeks about Fremantle, the kids. Uh, Exceptional bunch. Um, if we have a look at what Port Adelaide have been able to do since last year, and uh, they're probably on the same trajectory. If they can yeah. keep this playing list, get Jesse Hogan um, fit and firing along with Tabernar and Walters up forward, and then you've got a midfield that is, is going to be stronger, um, more support for for Fife with the guys like Sarong and um, Brace Jor and Chera. Like, yeah. Scott, they're, they're, they're on that. And it's just Longmuir has obviously got a game plan and, a, and, a, and an instilled belief in, in these kids and some and the senior players that they've already got uh, to play a, a brand of football that's going to win a lot more games of football than not, um, as long as, like any other team, as long as they don't get injuries. And it's exciting football as well, which yeah. I don't think I'd ever hear that. About Fremantle. Yeah. I mean, dogs as well adjusted to the conditions better as well. They're a lot cleaner. Um, sorry, did I cut you off? What were you going to say? No, no, that's it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like you're about to launch into something else. Sorry. 
Um, but yeah, no, dogs are a lot cleaner. Dogs. dogs are no. <laughs> dogs are a lot cleaner. Um, yeah, they adjusted to the sweaty, dewy conditions at Kazali, which I think is a good sign for the dogs, obviously, because everyone's rubbing themselves up in baby oil and the, and the ball and, and rubbing dew all over themselves to try and get used to the conditions. So if they're able to, to do that up at Kazali, where it's a lot more, you know, significant dew and sweat versus uh, Old Mate Brisbane, I think that's a good sign because um, that's what, that's the conditions yeah, you're going to be playing in. So, um, And it's, it does sound like this, you might, all the listeners might already know this, but they probably will know this by the time you listen to this on the Wednesdays. I actually didn't even mention this at the start. It's Tuesday, the 22nd of September, but um, when we're recording this, but uh, it sounds like that um, Saints-Western uh, Bulldogs final now is going to be at um, the Gabba not Adelaide Oval. So there was talk about it being at Adelaide Oval because of the bigger crowd and all that sort of stuff. But now it sounds like the Saints have pushed a bit for it to be at the Gabba. It is, yep. So that's... Oh, that is confirmed. So, yeah, confirmed, yep. So just the one game at Adelaide Oval, which will be Port Adelaide and Geelong on that Friday (laughs) night for memory. Geelong. Uh, Yep, yeah. French Geelong. French Geelong. Uh, yeah, and the Dog Saints is Saturday afternoon. Oh, so do you actually have the list of um have you got the list there? I I didn't see this. Have you got the list of where the games are, when and where the games are being played? Or uh, when they are? So Or do you want me to talk yeah, about so, something and then have a look it up or <laughs> No no, so I'm pretty sure so I'm pretty sure I've got this right. So <laughs> Thursday night is... That's the Cats game, isn't it? No, I think Thursday night's the Brisbane-Richmond game. Or it might be the other way around. The two qualifying Sorry. finals are Thursday, Friday, and the two elimination finals are on Saturday. Yeah. With West Coast and, and Collingwood Saturday night, which is great for Melbourne viewers. You're right. I've got... I've actually... Uh, the app is actually updated in front of me. Um, in my, oh, nice. As I've scrolled across. So very, very good timing. Port... Yeah, so Port Geelong on the Thursday, um, Friday, uh, obviously Adelaide Oval, and then Gabba, Gabbatoire, um, Brisbane, Richmond, and then so it is Gabba and Optus. Okay, well, that's good. That's good news. Yeah. Because um, when we started, I don't think I'd say that. But um, so, yeah, that it was what it was. Um, Lockie Hunter as well. I, I mean, like, he's obviously been in the wilderness this year with, um, you know, the car accident and all the weird stuff that happened this year with him drinking and then, you know, the mental health break that he had. But uh, it was quite poetic that, you know, with that finish, you know, get, getting that last goal and stamping it and making it impossible for Freya to come back, given the year that he's had, I thought that was good. So hopefully he keeps that form up into the finals. But uh, last game as well for the 2020 home and away season, um, we have the Pies and the Port. What do we think? I mean, yeah, slow start. It was a good game, though. Started slow. Too much, yeah. Started slow. Um, very final-esque type of game, too. Uh, two teams really... I mean, Collingwood probably would have preferred to have won um, this and not uh, faced West Coast in Perth round one. But as Buckley said, irrespective, elimination final, they got to win. Um, yeah. So... Port Adelaide being top of the ladder from day dot. I can't remember. Do we have to go back to 07, Geelong, or even further back to Essendon? A team? No, there's been, there was I mean, somebody else in between. I can't remember, but there was somebody else in between Melbourne. Very. In two, yeah, uh, Essendon well, in 2000. It's, it's 
very rare to see a team stay on top of the ladder from start to finish um, without dropping down a little bit and then coming back. I guess so, this year weather accounts because there's less games, but, I, I, yeah, it still is very impressive, no doubt. Yeah, and I guess for me, uh, even though they didn't win super convincingly, they came up against a pretty uh, a team in I, that I rate pretty highly in Collingwood when it comes to um, these types of games, uh, to be able to control it pretty much for 80% of the game and stop any push that Collingwood had and get on top. Well, I thought that was the most impressive thing from a Port Adelaide perspective. Gray was very good. Dixon good. Boak, obviously, very good. Rockcliffe, again, stood up. Um, and he's put a lot of doubters um, back in their box um, over since he's moved to Port Adelaide. A lot of people doubted um, that, that um, whole transition, but uh, he's uh, starting to become a very poignant uh, and influential player for Port Adelaide, and I think he'll have a big say during the final series. Houston as well was really impressive. Um, I've, I've loved his game all year. And then uh, Brian Jones as well, who um, gets must be his first All-Australian nomination. Um, but he, he very impressive as well. Obviously, yeah. Gray and Wines and all those guys. Um, I quite like Jonas, uh, Tom Jonas versus Dugowie. That was a, a fun battle through the game. Um, yeah, pies were pretty accurate, which kind of kept them in, actually. It was kind of the reverse tale of what we've spoken so much about this year. But um, pies in the end, seven goals, three. But Port just... Um, the, the biggest takeaway from this whole game, if you could just summarise it in one one quote, I mean, Port's ability to absorb Collingwood's pressure and then counteract that, was that's, that's the major thing to take out of this game, is that, you know, unlike Brisbane, that kept the door ajar, kept it ajar, kept it ajar from time to time. It never really, to be honest, after... So quarter time, two goals to two goals, two. Half times to... Uh, half times. Half time to four goals, uh, five, three. Uh, and then after that, it, to be honest, it didn't really feel like Collingwood could win this. It felt every time Collingwood threw something at them, Port had the answer and would absorb that pressure and then counteract it so much better than they can. I, I yeah, that and that that puts them in massive stead for the finals. If they're able to do that against the top teams, which they did against Richmond recently at Adelaide Oval, um, yeah, they're they're a big chance to make it all the way. But um yeah, yeah they've absolutely given themselves the uh, red odd crack at getting to that last day in Saturday in October, that's for sure. Um, guaranteed two home finals now. So, yeah. a couple of, couple of weeks, or well, essentially three weeks back at home, I think that'll do the players a world of good um, being in their home comforts, family, all that type of stuff, being able to go to their favourite cafes and oh. whatnot. By all reports, in, like, so. yeah, well, that's it. By all reports in SA, it's another world over there. They, they don't even think about COVID at all because they've had no cases for so long. Um, but the. Yeah. The, the yeah. biggest thing, yeah, well, the biggest thing as well is, like, when the Pies had control, they just weren't scoring, whereas when Port had control, they were they were damaging on the scoreboard. Uh, Sam Palpepper as well was fantastic. Great to see for Port fans him sign on again. Not that he wasn't going to, but great to see him sign on as well. So, uh, Yeah, which, I, I mean, 12 months ago, he was half, half, uh, had half a foot out the door. Yeah. And everyone was happy for him to leave, so... It's funny how um, good football and winning football uh, changes everything. 
Yeah, well, it papers up a lot of the cracks, hey. Um, but yeah, Dixon yeah, as well. He, he he was quite good. Not not as you know damaging on the scoreboard. Um, what did he end up kicking? One goal, but he, he still takes a big defender um, away. Yeah. Like he's yeah, he's, he's a seriously massive unit, obviously. But yeah, um, I mean, I I don't know. I, I tip Port. Um, I think I tipped nine. I think you tipped nine as well, didn't you? This felt like a pretty easy round to tip, to be honest. Um, you no, got I think I yeah. Did you go for yeah. Gold Coast over Hawthorne? Or, I did pick Gold Coast over Hawthorne. <laughs> I, you know why? I, I thought that they might have won last hurrah Gold Coast and just sort of go out on a bit of a bit of a win. But then I was like, mm, Sayonara game for two important players. Surely Gunston and these guys will lift. You know that that was why I went the other way. But yeah, it was yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. I haven't tipped Gold Coast for ages this year because they, 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 as soon as they started looking tired, I was like, that's it. I'm not doing them again the rest of the year. They showed a blinker of it. I was like, no, no, that's, that's it. Even when they were a bit of a chance, I'm like, no, it's not worth the risk. But um, I wasn't a Hawthorne support. If I wasn't a Hawthorne supporter, yeah. I probably would have Hawthorne. Yeah. Because if my team wins and I don't pick them, that's good. Yeah. If I pick the opposition team, they win. Superstition. Good for my tip. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, look, look. It, I don't. Not probably not too much to take out of the game. It did have some finals intensity to it, but um, I don't know. Not not a heat. I never. To be honest, I didn't really feel like Collingwood were going to win this. Um, it was going to take some pretty serious lifting. Dugowie's execution yeah. still, still is still a concern for me. Come finals. Um, no, I'm like you. Even though. There was a challenge multiple times from Collingwood. Port just looked like they had control. They had they had their hand on the chain, and yeah. sometimes they they, they they let it go for a little bit for the, for the little dog to go for a bit of a walk. But mm. then they go not rang it in again and, and take control. So it's and then the, that is that's the best sign for me. You know, in a number of weeks that Port Adelaide um, could go all the way. It's Which is what they, Sorry. I mean, they, and they sh- I should be thinking that about the team that finished top of ladder. Mm. I just haven't for about a month or so. It's the age-old thing as well, which we've spoken about Collingwood endlessly in that I, I still am not confident that this forward line is the right forward line. And I know that I'm sure people are so sick of hearing us discuss it, but... I just don't think you can play all of these players at once, like in Stevenson, Cox, Tagoe, Majacek. I, I, I just don't know whether this... It just doesn't seem to work. I don't know what's wrong with it. I can't... I, it's very difficult to explain why. At times, there's little elements of why it doesn't work around certain players, but it feels funky. It just doesn't seem to work. It's, you know... Pineapple on a pizza. It just is a bit ratty. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. I love that Take shit. That back. I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm Take joking. that back. No, I'm joking. Pizza. Burgers. Pineapple bin, goes with everything. Bin juice on a pizza. It just doesn't quite... <laughs> it doesn't quite work, you know. Almost, but not not quite there. doesn't have the not sweetness that, that you expect out of out of bin juice. That, no. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> this conversation has gone very fast south. But you, anyway, the no, point no, is, no. I, it just it's funky. It's weird. Um, it, it's not, it's, it's strange and I don't, it, it's, yeah, it's like the prequel series. It just feels a bit off, but anyway, um, so that is 
the 2020 home and away season. We got there. That is the last game. God. Thank goodness. Yeah. No offense to anyone. If this was a really good season. I thought it was trash. It was not. No, it was, you're right. It, it, what, like, it was. No, I shouldn't say that. It's trash is a bit harsh, but no, I know what you mean. It, what, it, what, it was very hard to watch at times. So much football. I think because also we both do like a lot of other stuff too. This is not our lives. Like we really like the game, but I don't think we breathe the game. Like we really, really like it. Definitely. And in a normal season, I like it more, but it gets hard. Yes. Too much. Too much to watch in one go. Not getting those checks come in. Have you? Have you been getting any of those checks come in? No. Beer checks. Yeah. So beer checks. Takes. Takes a little bit more energy to get up to watch a lot of football and talk about it every week. <laughs> but to be fair, as well, I, I was—I actually thought this the other week to mention the media and the ones that have got jobs still. The media seem a pretty at times a bit disinterested for sure. But the other thing too is the the commentators at times. Like I've I've listened to a bunch of games on Fox, and I'm not having a go at Fox. I just. You know, I just watch more Fox games, obviously, because there's a lot of other games. And, you know, Jared Healy sounds like he's, you know, one foot away from just getting back in his car and driving away. Jonathan Brown's like, you know, you hear him at times and he's like, ugh, like they, they just can't kick a goal. It's a disgrace. Like, it, it, like Gary well, Lyon. He's sounding, more, he's sounding more and more like Jason Dunstall. Every 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 week. Well, Dunstall as well. Like he is a very good special comments, but Dunstall sometimes is just sort of like, uh, like. But they, they, yeah. Even even Hutter, who's you know Anthony Hudson, can get you know he can get excited. Not not as bad as you know. Um, what's his name? No, you're right. He can make us. He can make the centre bounce sound exciting. Sometimes. He can. Uh, he can, and it feels legitimate, and that's what makes him, I think, the best caller for yeah. me. But he even he was just like, and uh, we're at another stoppage. You know, like at times it was just like, and uh, the holding the ball rule is dead. Yeah, I think that 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 really did affect this season as well. Um, yeah. You know, the, well, in, even in that Collingwood Port game, there were some absolutely ridiculous moments where um, it was obvious where if you took the umpires aside and put a gun to their head and said, "What? Why did you not call that a free kick?" They would say, "Oh, well, it keeps the game flowing. It keeps the game flowing. You know, we're trying to keep the game flowing." It's like, yeah, but no, no awarding the tackler or awarding the opposition ever or very rarely means that, you know, we're in a situation where the rules are being completely ignored. So why do we even have them? Do you know what I mean? Like what that, that affected me this season. I found that very annoying at times to watch where the rules essentially went out of the bin. Uh, Sorry, out out of, out of the, the, the the rule pad into bin. Uh, (laughs) And then they threw it out the door. Yeah, the bin, the whole thing out the door. So it was very, um, that was disruptive. Two games in a night, also bad. I don't want to watch a game at, you know, 5.20 and then watch another one at like 7.10 or 7.40 or 8.10. These late games were terrible. Tuesday, Wednesday night, bad. (laughs) Tuesday, Wednesday, I need a break. Like, you know. Like Monday, like three Monday night games a year. Max. Yeah. I, I I think Thursday, I, I've always thought if you've got nine games of football, we've got more teams now, Thursday should be on every week. And I know I, I had my rant at the start of the year about the these, you know, crazy Sorry. Thursday night people, but the two of us both think 
these anti-vaxxers, Thursday night people. But I, that was a long... Anti-Thursday the, people. These people. But it's up. Nothing else on a Thursday. Play football. There's nothing else anyway. Play it. And there's too many games. There shouldn't be overlaps. So that that's the key thing. Freeze your, freeze your weekend up. Freeze it up. Makes it easier. And then the other thing too is Sunday night games. I, I really like the Sunday night game at 6 o'clock. Not a late one, but they, they start, like started at 6. Um, I'd cook dinner at halftime. I, I, I just think that that sounds great. But then... That's it. No more other ch- No more. Maybe a Monday sometimes, but definitely no Tuesday or Wednesday. That's it. No. No Monday. Yeah, Monday's long weekend. Need a break. Long, long weekend. That's about it. Yeah, need a break. It's too much. Yeah, need a break. Um. So Speaking that's break. Hey. Speaking about a break. Let's break. Thank you. Yes. All the best. Thank Take you. care. Uh, listening in. We we enjoyed Week off it for everyone. Yeah. And we'll uh, get. The finals, which is exciting for everyone involved. Um, special thanks to our sponsors at Hopster Home. Yep, Craft Beer Delivery Service. Craft Beer Delivery Service, hopsterhome.com.au. You can use the promo code Hateful Deep Dive to get $25 off your first pack. Uh, great deal, great idea as we head into the summer season for um, gifts. Uh, very switched on operators, the Hopster Home people. And uh, check out Beyond the Game TV on Facebook. Ed's doing a bunch of stuff. Lots of sport going on, obviously, with the NBA. Um, cricket season's about to start, so he's got lots of good cricket coverage as well. So please yeah. check out our partner. French Open on its, on its knees. <laughs> on its knees, if, if it actually gets played. So, well, it, so France, just to, I, I had someone, I, I said this on our Twitter. I said, oh, how, I, I can't, I, like, it seems incredible if the French Open goes ahead. And someone tweeted us and said, oh, just cancel it. Should we just cancel it? Or should we just cancel it? Just forget it. And I'm like, there was 14,000 cases, like, in a day. Like, they had the record. Like, I just can't. Who's going to go there? Like, the, the defending champion in Ash Party, she's like, I'm not going there. Like, stuff no. that. Like, it just seems. Anyway, it was crazy oh. that the US Open went ahead. But that was great, though. We still got the Djokovic moment. That was amazing. That was, that was my highlight of the year. It was so good. <laughs> what a stupid asshole. Anyway, uh, all the best. <laughs> that is it for the rest. We will do that a preview. For the season. We'll yeah. be back for finals and uh, a little chat about pre-season, oh, end of season awards and maybe yeah. a little bit of NBA in, in what will be <laughs> this week's preview. We will do a funny old like mixed bag episode and then next week we'll do a big, big uh, finals preview. Goodbye. See you guys. See you later. Bye-bye.